For many years, one course continued to dominate the media airwaves. It was over to you, Jolati. Over to you, Jolati, was synonymous with many Ghanaian journalists because we all grew up hearing over to you, Jolati, over to you, Jolati. But where did this all start and how did it become so synonymous with many commentators in the Ghanaian game? Well, today, here on Prime Tech, we are speaking to the man who created the Over to You Jolati, Jolati Senior, to speak to us on a lot of things about his life. We've, we've probably heard of his public life because he was in the media space. But what are some of the things that we do not have an idea about him? Jolati, my guest here on Prime Tech, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. I feel honored, highly honored for you to have, me, to have me in mind towards the end of my life. Right now, I'm 96. And for you to be thinking of a 96-year-old man and then pack your, your camera and other uh, accoutrements and come to talk to me is great. Very Thank you. Great. You're not you're not getting to the latter part of your life. In fact, you have many more years to live. <laughs> you have got many more really? years to live. We need to tap on the knowledge that you've got, and uh, you'll live for many more years. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for wishing me good. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you very much. So, so um, what was your genesis like? Your the, upbringing. Uh, the upbringing was rather strict. Very strict. My dad. My mother were all leaders of a Methodist church at Collegono. Uh, they played a major role in the establishment of the Mount Zion Church of today. And my dad, as well as my mother, they were very strict. So strict that I had an English friend who nicknamed Killjoy Father. Killjoy. Because I wasn't allowed to do many things. I wasn't allowed to go to cinema. I wasn't allowed to do sports. I wasn't allowed to practice music. I remember very well that uh, my brother-in-law, brother-in-law, the man who married my sister, had an organ in his house. And he decided to teach me to play the organ. And I went to, the play, uh, to his house one night to learn to play the organ. When I came back, my dad gave me a good hiding. I was sick for about two weeks. Hmm? Yeah. And, uh, you know, it made me very sad. Then I gave up. I gave up uh, the organ. Then, at school, government school in Accra, I joined the school band. And I was playing the side drum. So I was playing the side drum on the day the then Asantehini visited Accra. And my dad was with an uncle of mine on top of what we call uh, ABBA, AME, today. They, are okay. AME, okay. they were up there and they were watching the scene. And I came along playing the side drum with a band. And my father saw me. The next day, he went to Accra Government Boys School where I was attending, went to the headmaster, H.M. Grant was the name, and told him to get me out of the band. 
and I was cashiered from the band immediately. I stopped playing the band. So many things. I wanted to play the mandolin. Yeah. Mandolin. I brought a mandolin to the house. The old man saw it. He took it and broke it up. Then the owner came. The owner came demanding the, the uh, mandolin. And he paid for it. And that was the end of my mandolin course. You know, very interesting, very, very strict. Seven o'clock, the, the, the gate to the house was locked with a big padlock. Nobody went out, nobody came in. You know, and uh, I, I wasn't allowed to have friends. I didn't have friends. But the few friends that I had, my dad would always order six uniforms for school. Six. And I used to give them to my friends, give some of them to my friends over the wall. I threw it over. <laughs> so uh, the childhood was pretty tough, very tough. Very tough. And it led, it led in some way to my joining the British Navy at the age of 16. Oh, really? Yeah, I did. I joined the British Navy at the age of 16. Went to war. I'm an ex-service man. And when um, we were, they were bound, let, let me say we, because I was part of it, we marched to the castle, the 28th February incident. Yeah, I was part of it. I was in my naval uniform, a uh, small boy. My grandmother said, don't go, you don't go, and I went. When the shooting took place and we ran back and I was trying to get back to the house, my grandmother said they should open the gate for <laughs> Interesting. Really? Yeah. I'm an ex-service man. I had my medals. And I can tell you the story of my medals. I had a, a classmate from Accra Government Boys School. When I was, I was transferred to teach at Latte, and I was at Latte teaching, and this friend of mine came to find out whether I could get him a job. I could get him into, you know, something to do. A day came, I left the house and went to school. By the time I got back... Right now at Wendy's, when you buy either Dave's Single, Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Medium Frosty, or 10-Piece Nuggets, you can get another for just a buck. Your dollar never tasted so good. So it's obvious what everyone will get, right? Ooh, definitely nuts Spicy and Spicy Chicken frosty. Sandwich, Dave's, Dave's Single, Single, and a Frosty Frosty for me. and a Frosty. Okay, who said Frosty and a Frosty? Pick your obvious choice. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Buy one, get one for a buck. Limited time only. Price participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined in a combo or any other offer. Yes, I bought it, but, but I, I went to, I went to, my dad was streaking. He was, you know, emaciated. I came, he had a big towel around his waist. And we, we embraced each other. He held me and he said, he looked at me, I was in my naval uniform. Then he said, and I could, he said, I did not know that the Navy could make boys out of, could make men out of boys, unquote. And then we shook hands and I started telling him the story, some of the things that I had done in the Navy. It was a, a memorable occasion, I've never forgotten it. So this one, when he came back, he didn't fight you? No, he didn't fight me. He was happy I was back. 
very happy. You don't know the thing they did for me through a party and so on. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because it wasn't, it wasn't a joke. The boy, has, the boy became a man. Oh, yeah. You know, the prodigal son. Yeah, the <laughs> prodigal son, actually. <laughs> Yeah. But, but let's let's move to your your professional career. That's right. Uh, I think we we heard a lot about your journalism career. Yeah. How did it start? Well, it started like most people. You know, you start writing a little bit on your own, yes. maybe writing to the newspapers. In our time, in in the days that uh, uh, we had, Azikiwe, who became a president in America. Namdi Asikiwe. He ah. was in Ghana. Oh, really? And 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 he was one of the people. One of them is he's the former Nigerian leader. Oh yes, he was here, and he was one of the people who opened the eyes of the Ghanaian youth to independence. They started clamoring for, you know, this and that during during his time here. So the British government in Ghana. Cashiered him. They, they sent him out of Ghana. They, they took him to court, charged him with. Uh, they gave him a, 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 a charge of sedition or something, yeah. and and they deported from. They deported him from Ghana. And my eldest brother, he was interested in Azikiwe. He was one of the uh, apostles of Azikiwe, you know. And from that association, I learned a lot from my eldest brother. Yankra, okay. you know. So Azikiwe left Ghana, and after he left, things started taking. We had newspapers. He was he was in charge of one of the newspapers in Ghana. I think it was the Morning Post. Okay, you know, he was editing, and his editor his editorials were stinking. He was, you know, uh, bamboozling the the British uh, colonial system. Uh, and they didn't like him. So I think they managed to get him out. He left Ghana, and people were sorry. You know. So from there, I started having ideas about journalism, how to write. And my eldest brother gave me a little bit of tuition, allowed me to read, read, and read. And when, we were, when I was in the Navy, interesting, when I was in the Navy, we were running shifts. On a ship, we ran shifts. Morning shift, afternoon shift, night shift, and so on. And during our free time, when we weren't on duty, we practiced public speaking. Oh, okay. So we wrote topics on pieces of paper, folded them, put them into a hat, and then you picked, when you picked a subject, then you had to speak on it. That was the beginning of my interest in public speaking. And when I came, I was discharged. There was a shop in Accra, Luthor Street. Yes. There was a, a bookshop there. That was where I bought my first public speaking book called Public Speaking and Influencing Men in Business. That's the title of a book. You know. So it, it, it developed. It developed one <laughs> interesting. Eh? From one stage to the other. Oh, yeah. So I, I learned to, to do sport outside my home. I learned to do sport outside my home. And it, it, it helped me. You see, because 
later on later in my life later in my life I managed with the I got a friend an American uh, Peace Corps retired fellow the two of us we brought Toastmasters to Ghana and Toastmasters today we have about 30 clubs in Ghana oh, wow. teaching people how to speak in, in, without fear with, without hesitation you know so, so, so before you got into journalism fully I, in fact which year did you get into journalism I can't tell you you know the beginning was check it yeah so I can't say exactly but um, I got into it I never went to the uh, training school here. Yeah. The Institute of Journalism. Journalism. I organized my first public speaking course in in Institute of Journalism. No, you never did that was twenty fourth, twenty fourth May, nineteen something. I've forgotten it. Yeah, I, know, can, I can I can understand. Yeah. But there was this interesting story about one Richard Aquit. Okay. Richard Aquit. Yes. The Lion Hat. The Lion Hat. That's right. Tell us about him because... Macy's one-day sale is going on now with great deals of the day on back-to-school essentials they need now, like 40 to 50% off kids' and juniors' outfits, 25 to 50% off backpacks, bags, and accessories, and get their dorm room set with 40% off small appliances from Bella, Crux, and more. Plus, download the app for even more great deals of the day at Macy's. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. Right now at Wendy's, when you buy either a Dave Single, Spicy Chicken Sandwich, Medium Frosty, or 10-Piece Nuggets, you can get another for just a buck. Your dollar never tasted so good. So it's obvious what everyone will get, right? Ooh, definitely nuggets Spicy and chicken a sandwich, Dave, Dave Single, Single, and a Frosty Frosty for me. and a Frosty. Okay, who said Frosty and a Frosty? Pick your obvious choice. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's Buy One, Get One for a Buck. Limited time only. Price of participation may vary. U.S. Wendy's valid for item of equal or lesser value. Cannot be combined in a combo or any other offer. At Rocket, we know buying a home is exciting and a bit overwhelming. Ready to buy a home but stressed about writing those big checks? Rocket can help you save. When you buy with Rocket Homes and finance with Rocket Mortgage, you can get up to $10,000 cash toward closing from Rocket Mortgage. It's a pretty big deal and one you can get only with Rocket. Visit onlywithrocket.com to get started today. For purchase transactions only, must log rate between 331 and 831. Call 837-ROCKET for conditions and restrictions. Equal housing letter license in all 50 states. And I'm consumer access number 3030. I'm made to understand that like, he was one of the founding fathers of Ghana football. Yeah, correct. He played a major role. And uh, he and one Adakwa from Ashanti, they played a major role in the founding and development of especially the league system. It took a lot of time for the league system to operate as we are doing it today. It, they will start, it will collapse, they will start, it will collapse as well. So it wasn't easy. And Richard Akwey, the Lionheart, he was chairman, they put him there as chairman. And he was very strict. Maybe, maybe, I'm saying maybe, he was dictatorial in some of his uh, activities, but there he was. And he played a good role, helping to make football or soccer um, a a thoroughly good thing. Yeah, that's right. So uh, we we respected him. He founded a school. He had a school in Accra. 
uh, a very big school. I think the school is still there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but I remember um, reading about the, f the football history of Ghana mm -hmm. way in the, 19, in the 1940s. Yeah. He accused um, Kofi Bedu mm -hmm. of using his pen to get him out of power because uh, the Black Stars then were supposed to go to the UK for some friendly games. For a tour, and yeah. Yes. Uh, well, Kofi Bedu, Kofi Bedu had a pen that I think we haven't had again in, in journalism in Ghana. He was a terrific writer. And if you ask me, I'll say he had a poisonous pen. <laughs> yeah. When Dr. Buzia became prime minister of his country, his writings were some of the factors that got Buzia out. Wow. Oh, yeah. He could write. And his command of the English language, superb. Quite recently, I wrote to him. I wanted to visit the Asante Hini. And uh, he never wrote back. I don't know why. Uh, maybe maybe yeah. he's, he's still busy. Maybe, he'll maybe when he hears this, he'll call you. <laughs> maybe when he hears this, he'll he call you. But, but, but talk to us about the football history. Um, you spoke about the Lion Heart, yeah. where, like I mentioned, he accused Kofi Bedu of using his pen to get him out of power. Mm -hmm. and he just mentioned that his pen was too poisonous. So yeah. the poisonous yeah. pen got Richard Akwee out of power. Then a champion, right? Oh, well, Richard, after Richard Akwee, a whole lot of things happened. Yeah. Development of, you know, one time good, another time bad, and so on. So we got, we've now been able to study to make uh, the league system work. But I understand, were you in journalism? I was in journalism from 61, oh, to okay. professionally. Oh, okay. That was when I joined the uh, GBC. GBC yeah. And initially, I wasn't going to be, to be with the sports department. I was, I was sent to the talks and features department, department, talks and features. And I was writing stories and editing uh, stories that other people wrote from outside. Editing, because I had a teaching experience and they thought my English was good. So I was doing this editing. Then somebody took ill in the sports department. Oh, okay. And uh, a man called Festus had died. He, uh, he joined the army later. Yeah. So he, was, he ended up as Kennel Adai. He was in charge of a sports department. The sports department was known as the outside broadcast department. The outside broadcast department, which we call the OBs, yeah. the outside broadcast department contained the sport department. So the real name of the department that I later joined was OBs. OBs, the main thing they did was sports and ceremonials. Oh, okay. You get it? So somebody felt sick in the OB's department and was out of work. And I was asked to go on re relieving duties at the OB's. So I went. And when, after I had, the man was about returning to the department, Professor Sadai refused to let me go back because he thought I was a good material for, for the, the department. OB's department. There was a tug of war between him 
and the head of programs. A, a very tough guy called uh, Joe Gatti, not Lati, oh, okay. Joe Gatti. Okay. He was the head of programs. And they tussled, tussled. Eventually, Festus won the tussling. And I was asked to stay in the, in the OB's department. Then I took up the commentary. And I'm telling you the story of how we, we, the, the, the over to you developed. Yeah. My boss was Kennel Festus Adai. He was a very good commentator. He had a very good voice. I, I, I always tell people he had a velvet voice, beautiful voice. And he saw what I could do. So anytime there was a commentary, something to be done, sports and ceremonial, I shared the commentary with him. He would start, or he would ask me to start, tell people about the scene, and then when I, I finished with the scene, he would take over. I say, over to you, Festus. When he finished his bit, he would say, over to you, Joe. And we covered a number of interesting. When uh, Temahaba was commissioned, we did a commentary. When the Queen visited Ghana the first time, he and I, and somebody from uh, BBC okay. called Gottfried Talbot, we were sitting on a tall um, scaffolding at the airport when the Queen arrived. He came, she came in a Boeing 707. And when the, the, the plane stopped and she, she, she descended, she said, I am here at last. Unquote. I am here at last. Why? Because the visit of a queen to Ghana at that time kicked up a lot of national debate. Should, should she come? or not come, should she come or not come. And it went forwards and backwards. Halfway through the process, the queen was pregnant, she had a baby, and so couldn't come. And finally, the queen came. So when she landed in this uh, tropical, uh, you know, yeah. she said, I am here at last. And then the chiefs with the umbrellas, the exhaust from the 707, was blowing their umbrellas. <laughs> and the whole place was agog. Wow. Ah, you know, that was one of the interesting topics, I mean, top interesting uh, ceremonies yeah, that, that we is. covered. Mm. Yeah. Now, now, give us a brief history of Ghana football. Well, Ghana football started uh, quite, quite, quite a long time ago. Uh, it was one Britain. He was headmaster of a government school in Cape Coast. Yeah. He started the thing and he recruited a few local boys and they were practicing under uh, moonlight and so on. And bit by bit, it, it developed until a crack uh, has of work came in. Then there was Stanfast. Stanfast died. For a very long time, we had has of work and Stanfast. But Sunfast is gone. Sunfast is now Olympics. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and it went on like that. that we, we had problems with coaching. So when Ohinijan became the sports director, as I told you, Kwame Nkrumah was interested in sport. And he knew Ohinijan was interested in sport and was 
doing it. He and he was around uh, Richard Akwe and so. Oh, okay. You know, in Sawam. He was doing football from Sawam. And he was, he was there. So when, uh, when Richard Akwe gave way, there was this one. Then we had problems with coaching. So, director of sports. So, Richard Akwe gave way to Ohenejawe. Let me say, uh, Richard Akwe's period passed off. And then a new period with Ohenejan in it, Adakwa in Cape Coast, uh, in, uh, uh, in Sawam. No, Adakwa was an Ashanti. Oh, okay. And then they, they picked up the, the, the loose ends and started developing it. And Ohenejan did a lot. To, he was more or less acting at the instructions of uh, uh, Nkrumah. You know, they brought in the uh, Real Madrid. Nkrumah personally organized that part of our history in football and brought the Real Madrid to Ghana. They played against the Black Stars. It ended up in a 3-3 draw, you see. And, and it went on then, uh, uh, Ohinijan developed, I, we were told, at the instruction of Kwame Nkrumah, he developed the Republicans. Real Madrid yeah, came, yeah. then we had the Republicans. We, we the Republicans. And the Republicans brought a lot of problems. You know, people, they were picking the best from each of the league clubs, and people didn't like it. And it was believed. Whether right or not, whether true or not, I can't tell. It was believed that because of the, 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 the bad blood that this Republicans thing created, ended up with uh, uh, this outside right player, Babayara, getting involved in a, in a road accident, accident, which ended up in his death. Yes. You know, so it was interesting. And Rohinijan did well to develop football. Coaches came from outside, from Germany, from uh, Italy, Hungary. from Brazil, all over. You know, and they helped in the training of people. Rohinijan at a stage wanted to develop other sports around football. Oh, okay. he, he did it. He, he launched it. But it didn't last. And it faded off. So we've had quite an interesting talk to a lot of it will go into my memoirs. Okay. So yeah. but, but let's let's talk about um the when Real Madrid came to Ghana, did you were you the commentator for that? Yes, game? I was who else? <laughs> I was with my boss. Uh, uh what's his name? Festus. Festus Adai. The the the, the, the match took place at the stadium. On on uh, I think Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. You know, hey, and 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 you should have been there to see. <laughs> I was. You I was you read. You read it in my memo. <laughs> I was yeah. nowhere near yeah. being You were nowhere, nowhere. Yeah, but but people spoke about Ghana football then and Ghana football today. What were the things that? the 60s did right to get Ghana to win the African Cup of Nations 63, 65, 78, 82. What, what, what? All that was under uh, Ohinijan. Ohinijan's, uh, you know, 
planning. He was a bit dictatorial. So people like him much. You know, sometimes